This episode is brought to you by Values Driven Group. Are you an eating disorder professional with a full caseload and referrals continue to fly in? I'm sure you have other excellent clinicians in your community you could send them to, or you could start a wait list. Or what if you hired another clinician whose strength is clinical work, supporting them in their zone of genius? The clients would be able to stay at your trusted practice and under your specialized care, just in a different way. Hannah here from Values Driven Group. I'm a group practice business coach and insurance consultant who works with clinicians one-on-one to help them start, build, and grow weight-inclusive group practices. Are you ready to start growing your team before the end of the year? I'm taking on two new solo clinicians in August who are ready to hire their first employee and step into leadership. Head over to www.valuesdrivengroup.com to learn more about working with me and to sign up for a coaching package. Welcome to the Weight Inclusive Innovators Podcast. My name's Hannah Turnbull. And I'm Morgan Sinclair. We're two non-diet dietitians, entrepreneurs, and Enneagram 7s here to talk shop about the business side of things. From managing a team of clinicians, to building a cohesive brand, to figuring out how the heck to pay yourself, we get deep down in it talking about what it actually takes to start, run, and grow your weight inclusive business. The good and the messy. We know your degree didn't include any business classes, at least not any applicable to what you're doing now as an entrepreneur. This is why we are on a mission to bring business education to other weight-inclusive clinicians. Say sayonara to all the hours spent on Google and hello to information that is actually relevant. Let's dive in to today's episode. Hello, welcome back to the pod. It feels so surreal that we are literally sitting side by side together from Mexico City. A little Instagram versus reality moment though. We have this super cute apartment. We were planning on getting a lot of work done from here and there's been a lot of construction happening above us this week. Monday, it was really intense. Like they were like jackhammering the floor, like two minutes in. We're like, we both have headaches. We have to go. We could not hear each other talk. We were laughing because it was so ridiculous. It's gotten better. We are actually recording this from our apartment. But if you hear a little bit of background noise, if they decide to start things up again, that's why. Today, we are going to be doing a recap of Q2 and projections as we plan for Q3. I posted about this on Instagram yesterday and people are like, how are we already in Q3? And I'm like, you're telling me. Honestly, the rate that they, it goes by so fast. And I think that's why in the past I haven't even done quarterly planning because by the time I would realize that I need to do it, the quarter would be either like almost done. And I wouldn't think ahead to like go ahead and plan for the next quarter. I'd kind of have that all or nothing mindset of I didn't start this in January. So fuck it. So don't do that. (laughs) Every quarter's or towards the end of a quarter is a great time to start quarterly planning. I also feel like by us doing weekly episodes, the weeks like feel like they go by faster. Like when we have something set every week and maybe that's just because I haven't had a lot of consistency. This feels so weird that we're like sitting by each other. Like I'm looking at you and not in a screen talking. Anywho, it feels like it goes by a lot faster now that I have like a set, like we're recording once a week. And it just it flies by. Yeah. It's nice to have that consistency, honestly, because everything else is unstructured. So to have something we really enjoy doing together and know that that's weekly, it's awesome. And yes, it flies by. Also, how the F are we on episode 30? I literally typed in 30 on the laptop and I'm like, what's happening? Whoa. How have we done this? More than 30 times technically, because we don't number our mini sews. Right. Insane. Yeah. I'm <laughs> proud of us two Enneagram 7s. Sticking this out. 
It helps that is super fun. We've been doing this for what? Seven months now? Mm-hmm. Happy seven months. <laughs> Heck yeah. High five. Yes. <laughs> but before we actually dive into recapping how our Q2 went and setting projections for Q3, we're going to do our check-in. And my question for you, Hannah, is we've been here for five days now in Mexico City. I can't What's- even believe that. Carry on. I know we only have, what, four more days left. So sad. What has been your favorite part of Mexico City so far? Or just like, honestly, I kind of want to know like your overall thoughts because I fucking love this city. I literally arrive in Mexico City and just feel at peace. And so getting to have friends come with me for the first time, I just want to know what you think about it. Yes. Okay. I'm so glad that I'm not put on the spot for my favorite because I have a hard time choosing favorites in general, because again, it's choosing one thing and I like variety. Yeah, so that's fair. Oh my gosh. Mexico city is amazing. I texted my mom and told her it's like a combination of London, Pacific Northwest and Key West. If you've ever been there, it's like so cute and charming yet. So old and historical. There's lots of color. There's lots of green. Everything's walkable. It's honestly amazing. And it's so cheap. Yeah. Everything is so cheap here. Like our most cheap for us, cheap for us. Yes. Yeah. Let me say that compared to living in a city where, you know, going out to dinner for one person is easily 30, $40. And here we've had like quite nice meals for probably under 30 bucks for with drinks. Both of us. Yeah. Both of us with drinks, dessert sometimes. Mm -hmm. So, and the food is amazing. Oh gosh, I don't even know what all to say about it besides the TLDR is definitely add this to your bucket list for travel, people. You won't regret it. It's also really fun to be somewhere where it's not all white people. Yes. Like Denver is awfully white. And this is coming from someone who is a white person. It is, it's pretty um, yeah, not cultural, not diverse. So it's just to be the minority here is awesome. And to just people watch and see the difference in demeanors and um, fashion and to listen in on conversations, except not really, because I don't speak much Spanish. I speak, (laughs) I speak the amount of Spanish of a one and a half year old I've decided. So I am on Duolingo now. So if you're on there, add me, we can practice Spanish together and cheer each other on. But um, I have been able to practice a little bit. I ordered my ice cream. And you ordered coffee this morning all by yourself. I did. And I didn't just say cappuccino, por favor. <laughs> you actually form, formulated sentences. I did. I did. So I'm proud of myself there. So yeah. anyway, I'm deterring us. Mexico City is awesome. I'm so happy to be here. I'm happy to be here with you <laughs> and getting to do some work and have some fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great place. Just having been here a few times already, I've ha- I have some friends here and one of them invited us to go on this like excursion. Uh, the first day we got here and it was a group of what, like 13, something 12, like that. 12 or 13 of us. And there were people from, from Mexico, from the States that are now like living here, working here or visiting like Hannah and I, and then a handful of people from Germany. I feel like just with the pandemic and the ability to switch a lot of things to virtual, like Mexico city has for sure become a space for digital nomads being able to work from anywhere, which we'll talk about on our next episode that we're recording about digital nomad working from different states. But it's just, it's so cool to holding space for both. Like one of the girls that we were on the tour with was saying like things have gotten really expensive in Mexico city for natives Mm -hmm. or like people from 
Mexico city, just because so many people are moving here. And so there's that gentrification that like kind of sucks, sucks. And I totally get why people are moving here. Like it is just an incredible city and yeah, it's cool to have that diversity. I'm from Houston. So Houston's like, I'm pretty sure Houston's the most diverse city in the U S last I checked. That was the the title that they had, like even more so than New York and LA. Oh wow! Yeah, I could see that actually. I I don't know why DC popped in my head. Maybe oh, because maybe one DC of the too. People on our excursion was going to move there from oh, that's Mexico true. City, but I could see DC being that as well. But yeah, definitely Houston. So I'm used to you know some more diversity. Spanish is a really common language in Houston, so I've gotten to practice quite a bit. But it's yeah, Morgan speaks like fluent Spanish pretty much. We're not going to say that much. She <laughs> has navigated us so well. I love listening to her talk and interact with people. I'm like, oh my God. So you probably, what what age would you say? I feel like you- I'm a solid like third or fourth grade <laughs> level, like an elementary age child, child <laughs> which like I've had elementary proficiency on my resume. Not that I ever need to use my resume anymore, but I've had that on my resume for a while, but I feel like it's like actual like level right now. Yes. Uh, like we're so like good. third and fourth grade instead of like kindergarten. Yeah. I don't know one interaction you've had where you're like, I don't know what they said. So yeah, that's Aww, pretty cool. Thanks. It feels really validating. I, I know I mentioned on here, but I think today was day at like 580 on Duolingo. My streak <laughs> rivaled with Jasmine Hermati. If you're listening to this, her and I um, are both on Duolingo and she has me beat on the streak, but it's so fun being able to like have someone that's also like up oh, there with Spanish. Yeah. Um, so her and I have talked about that quite a bit. For perspective, I'm on day six. <laughs> But it's been, it's been really fun. I'm so happy we're here. It's just been, and like I said, we'll touch more on this in, in next week's episode about being digital nomads and being able to take a visionary vacay. But today we are going to be talking about what we got done in Q2. And I think it was episode 18 has our Q2 projections. Um, so we'll be sure to link that episode in the show notes if you want to go see where our brains were at at the end of March of 2022. But we have that list. We have uh, a recap of what we've been working on, what we are still working on, what we got accomplished and what didn't get done at all. Because, you know, as good as our intentions can be, sometimes shit doesn't get done. It do be like that. It do be like that. And then we're also going to dive into our Q3 projections and what we're hoping for for the next three months. Ah, taking us to October 1st. Insane. Mm -hmm. All right. You ready to dive in? Let's do it. Alrighty. Q2 recap on my end. So I had five different things that I was recapping or five different things that I was doing projections for Morgan Sinclair Designs, Weight Inclusive Business Academy, Eating Expedition, Superbill, and then just some personal goals as well. So I'm going to kick us off with Morgan Sinclair Designs. So what I was hoping for in Q2 was to continue with my annual goal of 15% revenue increase each quarter. So that would have been, that would have put me right at about $10,700 for Q2. And I'm very happy to say that I have met that goal broken up. It's about $3,500 a month. There's been some flexibility with that. As of recording this, I haven't like technically hit that goal. I'm at uh, $9,700 
uh, total for Q2, but I have one more invoice that needs to be paid and they have like another week or so to get it paid. So I have no doubt that I will be able to hit that goal. Yay. Congrats. <laughs> it feels so good. We literally, I, I looked at this and looked at Hannah and I'm like, I haven't even checked on that goal. So it was a, t- it was, this is a total shock that I hit that. I didn't think I was going to. I was just about to ask you, do you feel like with setting that goal, it helped you reach it? Or do you feel like in this quarter, it was by chance? I think this quarter was by chance because I forgot that I even set that as a goal. Okay. So imagine what happens when you revisit your goals and actually think about it often mm-hmm. to where, like where you could get. Yeah. So that's, that's pretty dang good for not thinking about it much. It's pretty good. I am a little terrified about Q3 though, just because Q3 last year, I actually hit $16,000 in revenue. Woo! No, there's no consistency. I would love for there, for there to be more consistency. And so a 15% increase from 16,000 is 18,400, which is about 6,100 a month. And that feels so scary. Let me ask you this. So for the people who are maybe wrapping their head around it, you're comparing the quarters like 2021 quarter to 2022. Correct. Versus Q2 in 2022 to Q3 in 2022. Right. And I'm, and I'm doing that because there seems to be, and and we see it in the ESR space all the time, like an ebb and flow of clients. A lot of the times, like people don't want to build their brand and website over the summer, which is, you know, June, July, because they have a family or they're taking trips because that's usually a lot of the times that like their clients might be on vacation. And so I noticed that as well. And then I think after summer Q3 really hits of like, Oh, I'm approaching the end of the year. I'd love to launch a new brand and website before like January 1st, because we're all succumbed to that. And so I think people start getting more, proactive in building their business in order to like prep before the holidays, but they want a January 1st launch. That makes sense. So Q3 in theory is probably most people's highest revenue months. Do you see that on your end too? I was just thinking through that in my head. I'm imagining yes, because there's the ramp up of the school age crowd as they're settling back into school, like early Mm -hmm. August, then it feels like we get tons of inquiries. But honestly, we've, I mean, eating disorder space is a bit shifted at this time, I think, because the pandemic really fucked people up. And so we're always full right now. Yeah. Like even in the summer, we haven't really had too much of a slowdown. Mm -hmm. We'll have some clients take off a little bit of time, like a week or two from their visits, but we always have a flow of people coming in. But again, that might also just be being a more established group practice now. Totally. Totally see that hair flip. Yeah. So really happy with how Q2 went, really nervous with how Q3 went or how Q3 is going to go. We'll see what happens. I did raise my prices. So I'm hoping that that will contribute. And then I'm hopefully, I'll get to this, but I'm hopefully going to be launching some weight inclusive business academy courses that I think will provide some extra income and revenue. And it's all, it's like, it's all kind of tied together. Yay. Okay. So when you're doing revenue, are you speaking to all of your businesses or just Morgan and Sinclair Designs? So I've lumped Morgan Sinclair Designs and the Weight Inclusive Business Academy together. I have it separated out between one-on-one client work. That's like branding and web design 
I have coaching income and then I am going to have like online course income. And so those are going to be like my three categories that contribute. Those are my three categories that contribute to revenue. Love it. Okay. Yeah. Other Q2 goal for Morgan Sinclair Designs was to create an offboarding process and check in with all of my past clients. Didn't happen. Womp womp. I know. It's fine. I'm moving it over to Q3 though. This is also hilarious because this was also a Q1 goal. (laughs) And so like, I really just have been avoiding this at all costs. I think it just goes into the fact that like, don't get me wrong. I love my clients so much, but our energy, like I just doing the processes of getting a client onboarded feels so much easier than like supporting a client once they're done working with me. Well, and it's a whole system that you're building out, like to offboard someone that's a big undertaking. Yes. So I would also be avoiding that. And if, <laughs> yeah, and I am in a way. So before the end of the year, it's going to get done before the end of the year. It's going to get done. Hopefully in Q3, really, really good goals. Fingers crossed. So Q3 projections for Morgan Sinclair design mentioned revenue mentioned moving over the creating the onboarding process. My next one that I've actually, I only added it on here because it's come to my, like I've become really aware of it while we've been in Mexico city is that a few months ago, I completely shifted the homepage of my website to funnel people onto my email list in hopes of guiding them towards the weight inclusive business Academy, because I was really good intentions of publishing a bunch of lessons that hasn't happened. And so I made the decision on this trip to create a separate website for Weight Inclusive Business Academy, which means now I need to go back and redo my current design studio website to accurately reflect like the services that I offer. Which PS, building out a new website and separating your services, that's a big undertaking in itself. That was not a plan for Q2. So I just want to like give you kudos for bringing that into the quarter, especially in this last sprint to the end. You're like, oh, I'm doing this. And I'm like, you got this. Yeah. You got this. Yeah. And it's definitely not going to get done this quarter. It's going to be like a goal, probably like a July goal for Q3. Like I think I can get it done by, by July. But with that, I've switched around my services a little bit that are not accurate, not fully accurate on my website. For the most part, it's pretty accurate. I've also become really aware of trauma-informed copywriting. Hmm. There's someone on Instagram that that's their whole niche. And I don't remember their name, but we'll find it and link it in the show notes. Love it. And while I think just having worked in the field, I am trauma-informed. I don't think I've ever made the realization of how that translates over to copy because I feel like a lot of my training in copy is very salesy. And so, I've, and, I've, and I've, that's never felt super right with me, but there's also, I've never really known anything differently. And so as I'm going through and rewriting all of the pages on my website, I'm being very aware of that. The other thing that I'm adding in is price transparency. I'm going to add all the prices to my website right now. It's not a huge like undertaking. Basically, if someone emails me, they're like, Hey, I'm interested in your services. Like I have a whole pricing and packages guide that I send them over. I really like that because PDF flows in a way where that, like, I think someone's brain would like flow with it as well. And so I like that, but I also realize that I don't want to like gatekeep those prices. And I just want someone to know upfront whether or not they'd be able to work with me or not. I'm also a huge fan of price transparency because the last thing I want to do is spend time getting somebody excited about my services, telling them what all we can do, and then them to feel like I'm pressuring or manipulating them and using that time together and then then dropping on them that, oh yeah, this is how much it costs. And then it deters them. Like it's, it's not fair to them. It's not fair to me. And 
the price is what it is. If there was someone who needed a payment plan or something, that's mm-hmm. workable, but prices are objective. Right. Yeah. And so that's just, yep. Yeah, so adding that in. Um, and that's what I'm hoping to get done for Q3 Morgan Sinclair Designs. Moving on to Weight Inclusive Business Academy. Oh, this one's been a freaking doozy. Nothing that I set intention-wise has like actually gotten done. I take that back. I'm being really hard on myself. So Q2, what I wanted to get done was to launch a new lead magnet and assessment. I'd kind of broken that up into like finishing the copy, building it out and launching it, and then being able to add it to my email footer and website. I finished all the copy. I built it out and then I added in a few extra steps for myself uh, and got feedback from people, which I am so thankful for this community. I definitely got some like not harsh feedback, but I was expecting the feedback to be better, better, more positive than it was, or like rank higher on a scale of like one to five. I was expecting a lot of fours and fives and I got a lot of twos, threes and fours. That's good though. It's good though. I know. I, whenever I initially saw that and I was like, fuck, like I've spent so much time building this out. Like, why isn't this good enough yet? And then I was like, but how lucky am I to have people in this space trust me and, and believe in me and believe in the vision for this so much that they're willing to give me really hard feedback to make it the best it can be. And I, and even then, like I, I just did like a a Google form for them to give me like some feedback in a lot of it was numerical, like on a scale of one to five. And there's options for them to type stuff in so many people typed in their own thoughts. And then I even sent up a follow-up email to them. I'm like, Hey, I, I know you've already taken time out of your day to give me feedback on this. If you're open to doing like a 15 minute call, I'd love to ask you like more in-depth questions specific to your experience. And majority of them booked a call. And I'm like, oh my God, I feel so loved. People are so generous with their thoughts and time. Gosh. This is a side note just about feedback, which maybe we'll do an episode on sometime because it's such an important topic. I remember in school, I would always just like put fives on everything or whatever and just be whatever about it. Almost like an indifference. Mm -hmm. Indifference is not helpful for feedback or like giving positive feedback only is not helpful. I think about that a lot when doing work with clients, whether it's one-on-one nutrition counseling or business coaching, we want to do better. And so if you have something hard to tell people, you should do it and do it in a kind way. It doesn't have to be like, you fucking suck. That's not helpful. helpful That's just mean, but people need feedback to do better. And if you have an issue with receiving feedback, if you're on the other side, that's work you got to do in therapy. And then the other goal that I had for Q2 was to launch six courses. This didn't happen at all, but I realized that I needed support in order to launch these courses. And so I actually hired a VA. Woo! Yes. We are officially starting on July 1st because we love a good like first of the month start date. Yay! (laughs) I'm not going to share her name yet because I want to make sure that she's okay. Like being blasted on the pod, but she's an Enneagram five, which is what sevens go to when they are like in a state of success. And so just like talking with her during the interview, I was like, you were like grounded and calm. And also like someone that, uh, I feel very comfortable that would be, would be able to give me really good feedback and keep me accountable. So I'm really excited to start working with her. Yay. Yep. So uh, 
knowing that I didn't get a lot of that done, moving into Q3, quite a bit of it transferred over. So I do want to launch that lead magnet assessment still has a name that we came up with while we were in Mexico City. It's going to be called the Business Blueprint Assessment. Instead of setting a goal to launch six courses, I have a goal to just create rhythms, flows, and structures with the support of my VA in order to just create like a realistic launch plan. I think two a month still feels realistic, but I'm also going to rely on her for some of that feedback as well. So she'll be the one kind of in the weeds of it as well. And then want to develop a launch strategy as well. My goal is so kind of how it's set up is there's seven different stages of entrepreneurship within each of those. There's three lessons that I'd recommend starting with, and then there's going to be a master schedule for each of the stages. And so before I like launch the whole weight inclusive business Academy, I'd love to have the three lessons for each of the seven stages built out. Cause I feel like that's just a really nice starting place. It's giving people direct action items that they can do. I would love to have those built out before I launch, but also I want to launch sooner rather than later. So I'm, tr- I'm trying to figure out what that balance looks like. Q3, I just I think just continuing to dive into that. I'd also love to have a round of beta testers. So maybe take like two or three of the stages and have people give me feedback on kind of the whole flow structure systems. Cause I'd love to have that solidified because I think it would just make having a system in place a lot easier. Okay. I keep coming back to this thought as you're describing what your goals were, how other things come up and then like figuring out how things are going to get done. And if they're going to get done in the quarter, you can't know Mm -hmm. until you get into it. Yes. And so that's why we also call these intentions because you don't even know what you're getting into half the time and how much work we, I think we were talking about it yesterday when we were um, at that library cafe, Mm -hmm. just saying it's like, you get into something and then it's like a whole another can of worms opens and you're like, fuck, I have to do this step two. Yeah. You're like, Oh, I thought this was going to be a one task thing. And then you like start that task and you're like, Nope, there's actually like 10 micro tasks associated with this. Yes. Yes. And you are definitely hitting that. And especially because you're building out this elaborate course and lessons and Mm -hmm. Academy, Mm -hmm. it is a lot of work. It's a lot of work, a lot of worms. Yeah. Giving myself a lot of grace. And I'm, I'm just so fucking excited to have a VA start with me. Um, we did an episode on hiring a VA, what, like two episodes ago. And we like, I hit the ground running, found my person. So excited to get started with her. So the next business is the eating expedition. And for Q2, my goal was to get two more people signed up for the trip and to be more active on social media by posting at least once a week on Instagram. Kind of got those accomplished. I started posting more on social media this last month. So we'll like kind of count that. And then I got one more person signed up for the trip. Don't want to dive into this too, too much. And I'm trying to remember exactly the timeline of all this because I feel like it's all been a blur, but basically launched the eating expedition, got six people signed up. Two of them had to drop off related to finances. And then it was like a lull for a long period of time. And then someone just signed up this week. Actually, So we're at five people signed up for the trip, plus myself, plus Julia, who's coming along as our photographer and videographer. There's still three spots left. I have people that are still talking to me and they're interested in it. And so um, I'm hoping that some of them will sign up for it. But yeah, my goal is to, I mean, moving into Q3, which is when the trip is happening, which I didn't realize until I was like, oh, September is in Q3. 
what? So my goal is to get those last three spots filled to bring the total up, uh, which was my goal to have eight travelers plus myself and Julia. And then just like, it's just prep work from here on out of getting those final invoices paid, sending those off to people. I want to create some education. So like slides a PDF and then like record a loom video talking about the food culture in Italy, all the financials, like what's the conversion of Euro to US dollar? How much money should you bring using a credit card while you're there? Is tipping custom, like all of those things, um, a packing list type of clothes that I would recommend bringing just for the different excursions we're doing, all of that. So um, I'm hoping to spend some time while we're here in Mexico City to, to put together kind of the outline for some of that and then use July to really build it out so the travelers feel really well equipped. Uh, to go for some of them, this is their first time traveling internationally, which like, I feel so honored that they are trusting me to bring them on their first international trip. So cool. It's so cool. And then yeah, end of Q3, we'll be going to freaking Italy. I'm so excited about. So Superbill is the tech startup that I'm doing marketing for. It's a mental health tech startup supporting clinicians and their clients and understanding and utilizing out-of-network benefits. I got brought on the team in January to essentially build their marketing strategy from the ground up. I, for some reason, did not realize how many changes happen so quickly in startups. It's it's great. I love it. Truthfully, I'm, I'm thriving with it. I love the like constant change. But it makes making a marketing plan really interesting. Keeps I'm not going to say toes. It keeps me on my toes. It's great. The team is great. Our co-founders are incredible. They're so supportive. I'm getting to do this with Hannah. So other Hannah, other Hannah, not you, Hannah. Sorry. We keep going back and forth with the other Hannahs because yeah. Hannah's like, oh, so Texas Hannah is the other Hannah. And I was like, well, when I'm talking to her, like technically you're the other Hannah, but it's fine. My goal was to develop a customer experience journey to best understand how they're flowing through all of the stages from awareness about our company until they're like using our service. But what has actually happened and has just taken up more of my time is that we've changed our customer relationship management software a few different times now. And so having to kind of figure out that has been interesting. And then we've also updated our pricing and then we just closed on our seed round of funding. And so there were a lot of things changing up in the air. So I'm just going to give myself a lot of grace that I didn't get the customer experience journey done. And that's okay. The other goal for Q2 was to set up coffee chats uh, going into Q3. And even though it's technically still in Q2, I'm headed to Denver on Saturday and get to hang out with Hannah even more. And the other Hannah is going to be there. So unfortunately, by the time this launches, those events will have passed, but um, we teamed up with Heather Kaplan and Wind to just host some events and do, she's doing a podcast recording for RD Real Talk Mm -hmm. and Superbill sponsoring. We have a personalized, not a personalized, a, what's the word I'm looking for? A cocktail that we, uh, that Mia named exclusively, Mia Donnelly, uh, exclusively for this event. So Hannah and I are providing the, um, other Hannah and I are providing the um, beverages for the events. And then we'll get to hang out at a brewery and a coffee shop with more Denver clinicians. Yay. The fun continues. Yeah. So it was, it was funny. I didn't realize that because I'm supposed to be, I was booked my flight to fly back to Houston on Saturday, the 25th, June 25th. And then they're like, Oh, we're doing the event the night of the 25th. And I was like, well, looks like I'm flying from Mexico city to Denver. So this is just like my adventure self is like thriving. 
Unfortunately, we did not get on the same flight. That, yes. Unfortunately, we did not get on the same flight. It happens. <laughs> so my goal for Q3 with Superville is now that we have our seed round of funding, that opens up some new opportunities for us. And so just really, I, I think now's a good time to actually develop that customer experience journey just to support the development of like the marketing strategy and be able to start putting some plans in place and figure out kind of funding and spending for that. And then kind of tied up in that is figuring out what KPIs we want to track because I we're going to go to a next round of investing at some point. And so I want to make sure we have all the data to back it up. And I'd rather be doing that along the way than like scrambling at the very end to figure out like what our numbers are. KPIs are key performance indicators. We do have a mini-sode on this mm-hmm. and we will link it in the show notes as well. And then last but not least, personal goals because we love personal, well, intentions, I guess. I'm going to say intentions because none of these really got done either. Kind of. They like halfway got done. So personal goals for Q2 was to read at least two books a month. I read three books total, so one a month. So, you know, that's something. And then to my other goal was to spend more time outside. I was really hoping it would stay nice and cool in Houston a little bit longer, but like the end of May it hit a hundred and hasn't really gone down since. So my time outside has been quite limited, but I feel like I'm making up for that here in Mexico city. And I'm just kind of continuing those goals, um, not the outside because it's going to be ungodly hot in Houston for the next three months, but want to continue the goal of reading at least two books a month. and then. Honestly, this visionary vacation has been life-giving. And so I'd love to plan another one for the end of the year. Mm, I don't know why I had this thought in my head as you were describing like, well, I kind of did it, but (laughs) this is so cheesy. My brain was like, shoot for the stars. And if you land in the clouds, that's okay too. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, it's where I'm at and I'm okay with it. It would be unrealistic to expect myself to hit all of the intentions that I set. So... Honestly, if you hit all the intentions you set, you probably didn't set like hard enough or like, mm-hmm. uh, what's the word? Not hard enough, but like, it's like if your goals don't scare you, they're not big enough. Yeah. If your intentions don't scare you, they're not big go. enough. Yes. Intentions, intentions. So anyway, that's what I did in Q2. That's what I'm hoping for in Q3. Yes. Last question about oh, Q3. Yes. Do you have like a word of Q3 that you want to have in the back of your mind that kind of encaptures everything you're doing or a phrase, a word or a phrase or a mantra? That's a good question. So I'm envisioning a lot of big emotions to happen in Q3 with hiring a VA. We kind of talked about this. I think it was last week where it's like, with the accountability piece of like, oh shit, like someone is now going to be holding me accountable, which means I can't hold myself back anymore. So I'm expecting some big emotions with that and then actually hosting the Italy trip. And so I think if I had to set like a a word or phrase, it would just be like, keep leaning into it. You're doing great. Oh, I love that. I love that. Thanks for asking. I'm going to add that into our notes so I can uh, remember that. Turn that into a mantra. Anyway, passing the mic to you. Let's hear about your Q2 and Q3. I am going to be talking about Q2 recap for Nourish Colorado, which is my group practice, Guys Driven Group, which is my consulting firm, and personal goals that I had. For Nourish Colorado in Q2, I really was focusing on kind of fine-tuning some systems. So I wanted to work on the client's experience in getting onboarded at our practice which I'm proud to say that it is going a lot smoother. 
there's still some tweaks that need to happen, but just setting the intention to make protocols, to talk with my team, include them in the decision-making process around what's not working and what we need to shift, I think felt empowering for them and also gave me really good feedback on what to do. So I've been working with my biller, working with the admin team to tweak some things. And I feel like we're on the up and up with that. Yay. Oh my gosh. That must feel so good. It's so nice to have a system in place. Dude, I feel like that's the only way that I could come on this visionary vacation that we're doing because I don't have to worry about things falling through the cracks. And again, there's always a little bit of inevitable crack slipping, but overall I feel good about it and we're going to keep fine tuning it. So that was a check from me. The next bullet point for Nurse Colorado for Q2 is increased revenue. We're having major cash flow issues where I was having to borrow from our nest egg. That's a normal thing, especially in the beginning of the year with and being an insurance provider, sometimes they get backed up or sometimes claims get denied for whatever reason. So annoying. And so we're finally catching up on cash flow, which feels so great. I don't like shit myself every time we have to run payroll. So that's a good <laughs> feeling. Yes. Um, and I also wrote looking into contracting with more insurance companies. We're in the process of contracting as out-of-network providers with TRICARE, which fun fact, you're not just naturally an out-of-network provider for them. You have oh. to sign up as like a, a list on their list. So interesting. Yeah. And I've heard that the reimbursement is better as a non-participating provider re out of network versus being in network with them. So, and it's a way where people still get really good reimbursement from TRICARE. Heck yeah. Yeah. That'll be awesome. Yeah. So we're excited about that. And we did get one tiny fee increase from one insurance company. So yay. yay. That's exciting. We also asked for raises. Some insurance companies are asshats and never give us raises. Um, Actually, one cut our rates. So we're going to be reassessing for the rest of the year if we're going to continue with them. Mm. And that is just the nature of insurance. If you can't pay as a level of wage where I can pay my team to keep up with inflation, we can't be in network with you. So making that call sucks because it impacts people. Um, But at the same time, if we're running ourselves into the ground, like, what do you expect? So anyway, I'm feeling very hot and heated about insurance right now. Um, when it's great, it's great. And when it's bad, it's bad. That's all I have to say. Mm, that's a nice summary. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then the, the final thing is I wrote starting to prepare hiring one to two more people this year with some strategy. And actually, as we are in Mexico City recording this, my leadership team is doing interviews with candidates this week. So exciting. Yes. Yeah. It feels so good to hand off the... I'm not hand off the mic. I don't know what the proper term is, but basically to delegate to them and trust them to hire the right people because they're both really awesome and have been at the practice long enough to know what we're looking for and what's going to be a good fit on somebody joining our practice too. That's one of the things I've been grappling with lately is people who join my practice have to decide it's a good fit for them too. Mm -hmm. I need to not have to convince them or, you know, it kind of goes back to when we're having people work with us on the business side of things. Mm -hmm. Like we need hell yes people that this is what they want to be doing or else there's only going to be resentment and dissatisfaction on both sides. Totally. And I think there's, there's also so much beauty in having someone supporting that decision because I don't know if you get this way, but 
I see the good in everyone that I interview. Yes, yes, literally. And I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before. Our clinic supervisor has to has had to sit me down a couple times when we've gone through interviews and been like, these are some things that I see as red flags. And I'm like, oh shoot, you're right. Yeah. So I'm sure it's it's probably feels so good to be able to like trust them and know that they're not interviewing with the rose-colored glasses that uh, we would be interviewing with. <laughs> yes, I'm over here just like, come on, everybody, join my practice. And then sometimes bites me in the ass. So we got a lot done at Nourish Colorado. I show all of those goals intentions as green for me, mm-hmm. which I'm like, yay. But I did say that Nourish Colorado was going to be my focus for Q2 because I felt some things kind of slipping and not being consistent. And so I'm, I'm proud of that, of being able to hone in there. And for Q3, we're going to hire and onboard our people. So hopefully by the time this podcast launches, we will have offer letters out to folks. So, so exciting. we're looking forward to that. I'm going to continue fine-tuning our insurance and billing system. I'm working with my really awesome biller, Stacy, and she's fantastic. Her team is fantastic. And we're still working on how we can make it the most efficient for her team and our team to do the least amount of work. Again, creating that system so that it's not a pain in the ass to onboard people with using their insurance. I love efficiency. I love a good system. Dude, man. Yes. Yes. And then for me personally, with my clients, I am working on moving everybody to Thursday afternoons because what I'm noticing is, so I've only seen clients on Thursdays for a while now, probably, probably all of Q2, honestly, but Thursdays, it's still another day eaten up with clinical work, which again, I love it. I love my clients, but I can condense everybody into the afternoon at this point. So then I can have the morning to do admin stuff for Nourish Colorado. So that's going to be my personal goal within Nourish Colorado around client management. Well, you know how much I love dedicated work days and because I imagine if you had them like spread out throughout the day, like, yes, you could still do some admin work, but having to switch hats that much gets, it just gets tough. Like you just don't have the focus that you would otherwise. Absolutely. And I'm having this really big realization as we grow. If I'm doing too much client work, I'm not being the leader and the business support that I need to be for my team and Mm. it impacts them. So I was kind of writing a story of, you know, I want to be in the trenches with them and I need to be seeing clients too. And that is true. And I have my handful of clients that I see. And at the same time, me being in the trenches with them by doing clinical work is not actually helpful. Like I need to be in the trenches, helping them troubleshoot things coming up, supervising them, um, doing everything I can to increase revenue and, you know, make our practice more profitable so we can offer more benefits to our team as well. And so that's where I need to be. And I'm starting to change my mindset around that because otherwise I'm holding them back too. What an incredible realization. Yeah, it feels good. It feels necessary. So for values driven group, <laughs> this was a mixed bag on my intentions for Q2. So one of the things I intended to do was develop a social media strategy on TikTok and the gram. Uh, not on TikTok still, which I'm okay with at this point in time. I just can't rip off the band-aid. I made an account, I think, but I never <laughs> made a TikTok. So But you've made some reels, which is the equivalent of TikTok. That's why this one's marked yellow, because I have had some consistency uh, at times on Instagram, and I have done some reels, which is very fun. 
also time consuming, which is why I go in these waves of like, I'll post four days a week and then you'll hear crickets the following week. And I know that's not awesome. So I am going to move that intention over to Q3 a bit and be a little more realistic with strategy on Instagram, which is where I'm at right now. But it has been fun. I think I have like 80 followers, which is just hilarious and is a asterisk side note. You can't tell how much somebody makes from how many followers they have on Instagram. Like I think total revenue for the year with business coaching is over $20,000 and like I have 80 followers. Yeah. So it it's just um, something for people to keep in mind out there if you don't have to have a big social media strategy to be successful. Well, I also think too, like I would personally rather have a fewer number of people that were like, fuck yes, people than a really like a, a, like a larger group of people that were not fully bought in. It's kind of like with our podcast, you know, it's, it's the concept of we want 50 CEOs to be our audience versus 10,000 randos who are just listening to us to fall asleep. Like you do for that podcast. <laughs> hey, I've retained quite a bit of information from that podcast. So <laughs> I would definitely consider myself an ideal client or an ideal audience member for that podcast. Yeah. Even though it, because I am falling asleep. (laughs) And so what name the podcast again? Ologies. Ologies. So it's a podcast where you learn about different sciences. Yeah. They like, she interviewed, Allie Ward interviews ologists. Um, And so like, I've been, y'all, I've had the gorilla podcast, the gorilla episode on for the last week because I keep falling asleep to it. But I can tell you so much about gorillas now that it is fascinating. Maybe I should listen to Spanish while I'm falling asleep so that it stores into my long-term memory. Even though I won't know what they're saying, I'll just wake up and be like, quiero uno cappuccino. You're going to start, you're going to start dreaming in Spanish if you do that. (laughs) It's true. But anyway, so there's different kinds of podcasts out there. It's not necessarily bad to have 10,000 randos. Like when you have a more broad topic where many people could find it interesting, that's cool. But for our work, we're so niche. We're so niche. The most nichey, if that's a word, <laughs> put that <laughs> on the mug. Be. It should be. <laughs> um, so yes, I definitely do want to kick up my strategy though, because I feel like it's a way I can give more free content and give people the sign from the universe of like, get this going, do it. If, whether you work with me or not, like get it going. Yes. Actually market services. Uh, it's kind of yellow. Um, I feel like I've gotten new clients, but I wouldn't say I've done hardcore marketing efforts. So that's also going to be pushed. It just goes back to like our whole industry is such big word of mouth people that sometimes that's all you need. Like I don't really, other than having a website, I don't really have a marketing strategy for Morgan Sinclair designs. And like, do I think I could get more clients with one? Yes. But it also happens without it. So whatever, if it's not broke, don't fix it. with an asterisk, right? (laughs) Always an asterisk. The other big thing with values driven group that I have decided not to do. So I was going to make a tangible plan for launching a group practice membership. I actually decided I don't want to do a membership. I love working with people one-on-one and getting into their businesses with them. And there's so much intimacy and private details of their lives and their businesses. And I mean, you're talking about finances, you're talking about relationship with money, things like that. And I really enjoy that. And I think a lot of, because group practice is such a learning curve, that handholding is so needed. And I think there's a deterrent a bit in our industry of people wanting to be connected to talk about those things as a group. 
So I've decided to not do a membership for a values-driven group. Love that realization for you. Yes. To be announced in a minute what we're actually going to do with a membership. So put a pin on that. Another goal I had was to start my insurance course. That's thumbs down. Have not done that. I think with feeling a little bit burnt out, I don't have good content energy to focus on creating content for insurance stuff, especially because I'm feeling a little bit bitter towards them right now. So I am going to push it into Q3 and not put a lot of pressure on it. I really want to do it. It's really needed. I know that. I also don't want to give people content from a burnt out brain. No one talks about how hard it is to create content when you're busy. You can't, what is it? You can't pour from an empty cup is how I think about courses. And I think that's part of the reason why some of my lessons haven't gotten done either, because I just feel so, I don't know if I use the word burnt out for myself, but I feel so maybe like stretched thin where I'm able to do the bare minimum for all of the different projects I have going on versus like being able to focus on one. But it's, it's so true. It's so hard to like create really solid content whenever you just like don't have the brain space yeah. for it. Yeah. And when you're creating paid content and you really care about it and you want people to have the value and be able to apply it, that is where you need to produce bomb ass content. It's not just, oh, let me just write down something to post or like to put into this lesson in hopes like that's something about it's helpful. It has to be really intentional of mm-hmm. I've been through this and I've been working with people on this. And I know this is what you need to know. This is the question you're going to be asking. And let me explain it to you in detail, give you resources, give you a worksheet to go along with it. And then continue increasing revenue. Always a good goal. Yes. Um, so for value driven group, I would say I was pretty consistent with the amount of clients I saw every week. I'm seeing about five to six business coaching clients per week. My cap right now, I think is eight because so 16 people, quote unquote, on my caseload for every other week, or I shouldn't say every other week, twice a month, Mm -hmm. business coaching. I feel like I can produce high quality and show up for people and give them what they need with that amount. Outside of that, I can't, I can't do more. Eight feels like a good number of people to see per week. So that's what we're working towards. I think by the end of Q3, I will have that because I have some inquiries in my inbox and some people I'm talking to next week about doing coaching. So I'm excited. I love getting people going. I love working with people long-term on this stuff as well. With that, revenue is going to be higher. I wouldn't say it's much more higher than Q1, but it was definitely consistent. Like I'm still making a decent amount of money. And as far as my actual goals for Q3, consistency on the gram, I'm shooting for three times a week. I do have a strategy set up in Canva. You can actually plan out your calendar, which you kind of taught me how to have a flow. And then Canva took it next level and put it where you could actually build out the calendar and see your posts, which is cool. And there's other programs like Planoly. Planoly is what I use. Yeah. And I think some people use their Google Calendar too. What? I know, but I swear to God, they don't use it for anything else then. I don't know. I feel like I am such a visual person. I like to make sure that my, that the feed looks aesthetic. And so I feel like having it, like I would have to use Planoly or Canva because I want to be able to see. I'm with you. How they look. So the other goal I have, intention I have, is to take on two new business coaching clients, which I don't think I will have a problem with at all. And then the last thing is I want to create plans and close the loop for my current clients. 
what I'm still learning as a business coach is it's not an ongoing journey forever to build the group practice. Like I said, I love working with people long-term and I plan to work with my clients that I currently have for a while. And there does almost have to be an end point in just the intensity of twice a month. I want to work on when I feel like people are ready to either go check in monthly or quarterly just to have a place to land versus doing the intensive work of setting up your group. Ooh, yeah. It's like the tail end of the customer experience journey. Yes, exactly. So that's something I'm going to be kind of chewing on next quarter. Love it. Love a food related uh, metaphor. And then my personal goals were get back into climbing for work-life balance get fit for a pulley ring for climbing. I did get fit for a pulley ring. My finger injury is a lot better. Yay. I have been climbing a little bit more and I'm fucking injured again in my hamstring. Oh yes. We actually went bouldering in Mexico city. We did. It was so fun with our new friend, Hector, who's cool. Yeah. He took us to a really cool bouldering gym and that was my first time ever bouldering, but you crushed it. I wouldn't, wouldn't have known you had a hamstring injury, which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Okay. So with climbing, you use your legs so much. And my injury was so silly. It was on a heel hook. So basically a heel hook is when like you have your heel on a hold and you're pushing down and creating tension to kind of lock yourself in place. And I fell off while I was doing a heel hook. My hamstring popped three times, just like my finger. Jeez. My body parts need to stop popping. <laughs> sounds really when did weird. That, when did this happen? This was in Denver? Yeah, it was in Denver. It's probably about three weeks ago at this mm. point. I do have an injury consultation set up with a climbing coach who is also a PT. So I'm super excited about that. I'll get to this when I talk about what I'm going to do in Q3, but I'm going to work on really focusing on strength and mobility because I keep hurting myself and that takes away from my fun. Yeah. Also, everybody should warm up before they move every single time. Even if you only have time for the warm up, please warm up your body. Do not be like Hannah and pop your tendons. So I also set the intention of wanting to have more time reading than scrolling through social media. And I wanted to read two books a month. I don't think I've, I maybe completed one book since, <laughs> since we set this goal, but I have been scrolling on my phone a lot, which I don't mm. love. It's definitely an avoidance and numbing out mechanism. So I am going to continue to be curious about why I am doing that. And then the last thing was to continue my minimalism journey, which I have been doing, um, getting rid of some stuff that I do not use or need and haven't have been trying to not buy too much stuff unless it's something I'm really going to utilize. And then my goals, intentions for Q3, I'm going to rehab my injury, like I said. So that's going to be what I work on. That might mean climbing less. That might mean like doing fun outdoor things less and letting it heal, which really stinks. But I can also go outside and sit at the park. That's fine. I want to spend more time with people and talk about things other than work. <laughs> I love this intention. This is, like, this is like life intention for me. So I get that. Dude. I have been isolating myself one. I don't think you do that I don't as do much. That. I don't yeah. So when I get into, I have a problem with overworking sometimes. If you listen, I know I can't even believe it. If you listen to our work-life balance episode, I kind of um, talk about that a little bit of do what I say, not what I do. And I'm trying to also do what I say. It's so hard when you have so many projects going on and you like the work, but I do run myself into the ground sometimes. So I'm going, and with that comes isolation. So I don't love that. I'm going to spend more time with people and make intentions to see my friends 
and talk about things other than work because I just want a really big life and to have things going on that aren't just related to my identity of an entrepreneur. Even though that's a big part of me and I love that part, I want to be more multidimensional. Yeah. So can relate to that. Yeah. I don't necessarily isolate, but I feel like when I am out with people, I usually end up talking about work. And uh, yeah. Sometimes you just, sometimes you need to have friendships not related to work. Yes. Yes. And then the last thing is I do want to refocus on reading. I have, oh my gosh, I completed a book while on this trip. While you're here. Shit. Yeah. Okay. So I am going to, that's a yellow for me for the reading. So um, the book I read was really awesome. I'm just going to give it a quick plug for a friend. So it's called Alone in Wonderland. It's by Christine Reed, who is my new friend who I met through her partner, Ryan, who is also my new friend. So I'm excited to spend more time with them in Q3. But basically, Christine is like this badass van chick slash backpacker. And in the story, she goes into talking about what it's like to be a woman kind of in the wilderness alone. And she did some really amazing hikes and trails and was out there for a really long time by herself. And she just talks about like dating and being in the male gaze and all the things that we go through as women. And again, speaking as women, because you and I are women, Christine identifies as a woman and just bringing that into the story of backpacking and then also how backpacking and adventuring allowed her to leave behind a life that she didn't want mm. and to be able to find herself, which I just, I know that sounds cliche, but it's like, it really resonates with me. And she also had like really hard times. Like her mom passed away from cancer while she was out on a hike at oh, one point. Gosh. And so I highly recommend the book. We'll link it in the show notes. It's called Alone in Wonderland. It was a fucking awesome read. I'm so glad I met Ryan, who then I got to meet Christine. Oh, love that. We'll have her on the pod to talk about how to write a book. Ooh. And self-publish. Heck yeah. Oh my gosh. Such a good idea. Such a good idea. And we're going to close out the Q2 recap, Q3 projections with what and what the intentions for weight inclusive innovators were as a whole and what we're helping to continue, hoping to continue to grow and build on in Q3. So our measurables for intentions and measurables for Q2 were to identify a strategy for social media. I would say overall, this went pretty well. We decided that we're going to do one reel for each episode. And then we created some new templates that were a little more exciting. I was getting really burnt out with the templates that we had. And I feel like I have a little bit more freedom. Not that either one of us ever like stunted that creative freedom. I think I did it to myself, but that's going a lot better now. The second intention we had was to build out a foundation for the conference kind of did this. We're actually going to be pivoting to more of a workshop and simplifying our offering. I definitely realized that we needed to start a little bit smaller. And we liked the idea of people being able to walk away with actual tangible things in their business, as opposed to just more education. Absolutely. And to do things with us in the workshop. Our third intention was to start planning for and scheduling guests for the podcast. And we set our plan to have one guest per month through the end of the year, just so we can kind of get into a rhythm and a flow of what that system looks like to schedule guests. And then we actually sent out uh, our first invite for our first guest in Q3. Yay! And then our last intention uh, that actually wasn't an intention when we started, but we quickly realized, and Hannah kind of mentioned this with her membership, 
Um, so I had started something called the accountability club in Q2 is a space for clinicians to come together and just have accountability for the business side of things. I really thought I would like running a membership by myself, but uh, like most things, I enjoy doing things with other people. And so I asked Hannah if she would be interested in doing this together and kind of nestling it under weight inclusive innovators. She said, yes. Yay! So we are going to be building that out in Q3. Dude, I am so fucking excited for this. Can we just like nerd out on it for one hundred percent? Let's do it. Okay. So the accountability club is literally going to be a membership for folks to work on their business rather than in their business. Cause everybody gets lost in the day to day, seeing the clients building out the offering or like, you know, carrying out the offering and they don't take the time to like look at finances, work on projects, set timelines for things. And so we're so stoked to put fire under people's feet and invite them to the accountability club. So we'll be doing different membership lengths and have people work very intentionally on their projects. Yeah. And so it's going to offer, we're still working out all the details, Q3 intention, but it'll be a ongoing Slack channel for everyone that everyone can connect with each other, post questions, get feedback from other people in the club. And also we will be having two co-working sessions each month for people to intentionally set aside time to work on their business. And then we're also going to have some time built in there that if you want live feedback on something, you'll be able to come. Hannah and I, either Hannah and I will always be there, but we're hoping more people will come and you'll be able to get a lot of exciting feedback and input from other people in our space. Absolutely. One of my favorite things about this is it's a way for people to access two business coaches Mm -hmm. at a very affordable price point. So we haven't set those yet, but we're really keeping this offering in mind to be inclusive and Mm -hmm. allow people to get business support without having to pay our individual rates. rates. Yeah. What we're actually going to be working on in Q3 is we're creating the launch strategy like we talked about. For the accountability club. For the accountability club. And we are also going to host our first Weight Inclusive Innovators Workshop. Yeah, That'll be done before the end of Q3. So we need to... Oh, right. Is it in Q3 or Q4? End of Q3. Oh, my God. I know okay. it's coming up. So, so we'll, we, be, we'll be working on that this week. We will be working on that. Um, fire under our feet now. Yeah. We need accountability club to go work on that in. Yes. I want to personally, so I do a lot of the newsletter management for the pod, which I've slipped on a little bit with last quarter because it was just insane. So I really want to focus on making it more valuable and having resources and links and um, tangibles for people so that we keep building our email list and reaching the people that need our content. We're planning guests for the rest of the year. So we're starting to build out our templates for emailing people. We have a list of guests from all different kinds of backgrounds that we're so stoked to ask to come on our pod. And we're going to figure out how to interview other people and have a triad because I think sometimes Morgan and I already talk over each other sometimes because we're just so excited. And so we're really going to work on how to bring in a third and not make it chaotic. (laughs) (laughs) Great intention. We'll see. We'll see what happens, but to be determined, you guys will see the final result. If you keep listening to the pod. Yeah. So I just think of our episode with Heather, Heather. who is also an Enneagram seven, which might just be three Enneagram sevens together is it's a little chaotic. It's a little chaotic. It's very fun. It's a lot of overlapping though. So we're going to have to slow it down. I think I know. And then the final thing for Weight Inclusive Innovators is we're going to continue to be consistent with our weekly episodes. We're really proud of being on episode 30, sticking this out. We've heard such good feedback from everybody. 
Um, y'all send us podcast episode ideas, which we get so excited oh, about. So excited. Um, you give us feedback on how this like lit your fire for business again. And we are just honored to be in this space to take up your time. We know there's only so much brain space for content consumption. Mm-hmm. And so we're honored to get to be part of your week with that. So we have had a really exciting Q2. We're so excited to go into Q3, especially because we're getting to do a lot of like putting systems in place while we're here in Mexico City. So it just feels really good. But if we could leave you with anything today, it's make sure you block out some time, maybe 30 minutes, go to your favorite coffee shop, get your favorite beverage, and just write out what you are wanting to what you're wanting to track for this next quarter. Yes. And we will link Morgan's goal intention sheet. What do you call it? Goal tracker? Goal tracker. We will link that in the show notes so you can download it and use that if you like a little bit of structure like I do. Thank you for listening to the Weight Inclusive Innovators podcast. If you like what you hear, go ahead and subscribe to the pod on Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your pods. Please leave us a rating and review, share with a business bestie, and check out our website at weightinclusiveinnovators.com. See you next week. Bye.